Just a quick announcement that if you are listening in real time, I will be taking the last two weeks of 2019 off from releasing new episodes. So it'll give you time to celebrate the holidays, catch up with family or friends or with yourself, and uh, catch up on past episodes of the Relationship Alive podcast that you haven't heard yet. Uh, and then I will be back at it with a whole new series of episodes uh, coming out right after the new year in 2020. So just wanted to let you know that I'm taking a little break, um, but not for long. And uh, I'll see you in the new year. Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. This question has been coming up a lot recently. It's particularly relevant in my own life and uh, in the way that things work, it seems to be relevant in a lot of the lives of people around me. Um, and it's this question about how do you know when it's time to go your separate ways with a partner? And maybe even on a deeper level, is it required that that within a breakup you have to be miserable? That there's no avoiding how there's going to be some level of misery and unhappiness and bitterness and anger when it comes time to go your separate ways. Now, these are really good questions to have. And so in today's episode, we're going to take them on directly and explore a different pathway that might be possible when it comes to thinking about breaking up. Now, this is probably not going to shock you, but the times when you are going your separate ways uh, from your partner, those are times when your ability to communicate matter most. And we do our best. It's not always clean, but there are things that you can do that have a huge impact on your ability to navigate challenging conversations in ways that stand the best chance at being successful. Uh, so I put together my guide with my top three relationship communication secrets and these are the kinds of things that you put them into practice and they will drastically improve your chances of navigating the tough topics uh, without things going too far south. So to download the free guide, all you have to do is visit neilsatin.com slash relate or text the word relate to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. As always, I'd like to remind you that Relationship Alive is an offering to you so that you might have the best relationships possible. And if it's come to separating, the best separations possible. 
so if you're finding the show to be helpful, please consider a donation to help ensure that we can continue here. To choose something that feels right for you and every little bit counts, just visit neilsatin.com slash support or text the word support to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. And this week I would like to thank David, Sylvia, Drew, someone who just goes by M, Lydia, Anne, Valerie, Angie, Cynthia, and Maribeth. Thank you all so much for your generous support of Relationship Alive. Lastly, I'd just like to remind you that we do have a Facebook group called the Relationship Alive Community, where we are trying to foster a safe space to get support around relationship conversations. So just come join the Relationship Alive community on Facebook. And now let's get back to the topic at hand. So is it required for you and a partner to hate on each other in order to leave each other? Like, is it really possible for two people to mutually assess their situation and decide like, hey, we're, this isn't working anymore. And maybe it's a better choice for us to go our separate ways than to be here just making each other more and more miserable. Can they have that kind of conversation and then part from each other in a context that uh, is full of respect and love and caring and makes space for the other person to just be who they are and to do whatever they got to do and to to take on this new way of living that doesn't involve being partners with the other person. It's a really good question. Um, I think that a lot of the time we need to create a certain amount of animosity um, well, one, if you didn't have something that you were unhappy about, you probably wouldn't be parting anyway. Now, let's just set aside the couples where they've just gotten super bored with each other or they're, they're just good friends or roommates and, and it's, it's all good. Like there are people who are in that situation where they're, they're just roommates with their partner and they're miserable right and wishing that it were more with their partner that's more what we're what we're getting to but there are those people who just over the course of their relationship kind of drift out of energy and deep deep connection with each other and and are more like coexisting and they're both totally cool with that and so those people might look at each other one day and say hey like I think I want something else in my life. And the other person might say, yeah, me too. And like there would probably be a lot of space in their lives to create that, um, whether it's, you know, just realizing that they could just open up their relationship and, and do it that way, or whether it's just realizing like, oh, we're we're not really romantic anymore anyway. So let's um, let's allow each other to have space in our lives to be that. Or that kind of conversation might create a little bit of a crisis where one or both of them is like, wait a minute, like, I don't want to lose you. Let's rekindle, right? So all of these things are possible. Um, 
Hopefully I didn't violate any Amazon trademark by saying rekindle. Um, but you know what I mean. So all of those things are possible, but let's get more into the, the kinds of situations where there's either some acute situation happening where it's, um, there's some, something really painful happening in your life with your partner, or maybe it's not something really painful, but maybe it's just a, a way of being that is dissatisfying or where you know that it's not fulfilling for you now and that, you know, an indefinite time or a lifetime of being with this person is definitely not going to work for you. So in a situation like that, sure, we need some level of unhappiness to recognize that there's something that's not quite right about what's going on in our lives. There's something that isn't working. And then the challenge in that situation is how do you know if this thing that isn't working is something that's fixable or not, right? Because we don't want to just necessarily cut and run at like the first sign of challenge or problem or difficulty. I mean, then, you know, nothing would ever last. And you would actually rob yourself from uh, the experience of having all that growth that can happen when you work through challenges. I mean, let's be real here. I've had 200 and something episodes on this podcast, and most of it has been about working through some sort of challenge. Not all of it, but a lot of it. And that's because challenges abound in relationship. So uh, this is a question that actually came up with the Gottmans recently at our live event. Um, this responsibility that we have as people who are on the front lines of helping people figure out how to have long-term successful relationships, but also holding the responsibility of helping people know when maybe it isn't time to do that. Maybe it is time to go your separate ways. Now, for sure, if nothing is budging and you've really tried and you've gotten lots of support and you've tried different things and um, I'm not sure that we can go into the full mechanics in this moment of how you make that should or stay or should I go decision. But if you're at a point where you're, you see yourself losing respect for the other person, you see yourself losing your friendship, um, and you're completely detached from any sort of hope or vision that it could get any better, that is a time when you would have to be insane to not at least be pondering, would we be better served elsewhere or else how? Changing the course of our relationship. But it gets really dicey because it's rare that two people both want to um, change their relationship, change their commitment at the same time. Uh, it's very common for one person to start feeling that way and for the other person to hang on even more tightly or for it to feel mutual until you get a little further down the road and then someone's pain gets in the way. Because let's face it, once you're in a lot of pain, there's a whole lot of evolution there in your brain that wants you to get out of pain. And, and the typical strategies for dealing with pain are either going into fight or flight, right? So you get really defensive or aggressive, or you, you check out completely, or you can go dorsal. You can like completely shut down. Uh, I'm speaking in kind of a polyvagal terms here. But 
what if none of those things had to happen when it came time to end a relationship? What if you didn't have to get combative in your pain? What if you didn't have to just check out and flee? What if there were a way to stay present that actually allowed you to truly accept the ending, to deal with your hurt, and to hold everything as something positive for you? What if that were possible? I think it is possible, honestly. I also think it's a huge challenge. And for both people to navigate the ending of a relationship that way, it's going to take a lot of growth and learning and willpower and attention to what you're trying to create. Now, this could be a problem because one of the reasons that a relationship might be ending is um, uh, the challenge of one or both partners to hang on to that vision of what you're trying to create together and slipping at one time or another. And so there you are, now you're breaking up and uh, and now you need an, a whole new vision that you need to pay attention to and be willing to work towards. And your ideas about that vision may also be different, just like they were when you were in relationship. So this isn't to say that there aren't challenges here, right? There, there are definitely going to be challenges. Um, I've always thought it was kind of ironic the way that when you do get divorced from someone, if you have children or logistics that you, that you still share in common, um, I'm not saying kids are a logistic, but when you have kids, there are lots of things that you need to coordinate usually with your ex. And it's super ironic because if you're not careful, you may find yourself in a situation where you still have to get along with that person. You still have to figure things out, but you've lost all your leverage because you're no longer married to each other, right? So how many people I'm raising my hand here have found themselves in a situation like that where it's a struggle to get along with an ex afterwards? But the problem is that you still need to hold something in common in order for that to be workable. And if you can't, then sure, you end up on your own and doing your best, so my hope for you is that if you're in a situation like this where you're contemplating the end of your relationship, that you are at least able to hold on to the best version of yourself in the middle of all of that. And I'll describe to you a little bit of what that looks like. Um, and I think this is actually a body of work that's in progress for me, uh, but it's uh, but it's important. And... And I think it's crucial. So we've had um, Catherine Woodward Thomas on the show several times. Um, and at least two of those times, she was on to talk about her work, Conscious Uncoupling, which is all about how you heal from a breakup. And I, I think that work is super profound. I've been through the, the coach training for conscious uncoupling. So there's, there's so much there that's really valuable about how you help heal a heart that's hurting, right? But what Catherine doesn't address in her work, and maybe she will at some point soon, I should chat with her about it. What she doesn't address is the process that gets you there. Like her work around conscious uncoupling generally picks up where the breakup is has already happened. So it picks up where the breakup leaves off. Here you are hurting, trying to make sense of your world. 
and trying to make sense of what's possible in the future. And conscious uncoupling and the, the methodology is really helpful for that. Um, the, the five steps that, that Catherine has put together are really valuable, um, for healing a hurting heart. And, uh, I'll make sure that the show notes to this episode, I don't have her episode numbers right here in front of me, so I can't tell you what they are, but I'll make sure in the show notes that, that they're there. So you can go and look and, uh, and if you are in the middle of a breakup, then that those episodes will be really helpful for you. And by all means, reach out for coaching support as well. That being said, yeah, how do we, how do we arrive at a breakup in a way that's most likely to be successful and that doesn't require animosity? So we talked earlier about how the animosity is, or um, difficulty is generally part of what gets you to that place where you feel like maybe you should break up. So some of that is probably going to be there no matter what. And then sometimes the, uh, you need to harness a certain amount of that to escape from your relationship, to actually hit escape velocity, right? Because especially if you mostly just really love and care about that person, it can be really hard to leave. It can be really challenging to leave, even if deep down you know that it's the right thing to do. But without that, that thing that's propelling you forward, um, it can be really challenging. So one way that we most often choose to propel ourselves forward is by hating on our partner and really dwelling on all of the negative stuff that is at the heart of why we don't want to be with that person, you know, and, and that can actually be really good to, to lay out the case that you have for why being in a relationship with this person is not a good idea to get really clear on what is so painful for you, what is so hard, what is not changing, what you think might change, what you have a sense will never change. You know, if you have that all listed out in front of you and you have a, a, container that supports actually talking to your partner, then you might be able to lay it out in front of them and be like, hey, is it true that this is never going to change? They might say, yeah, that is never going to be me. And then you can decide if you're going to choose to be with that person or not. As much as possible, my hope for you is that you're in a state of choice about it, that you're not just reacting instinctually, um, though some of that is probably happening, but that you're able to register all the things that are happening within you. Uh, definitely listen to the episode that I did uh, 209 on how to feel your feelings, how to communicate about them. Um, you want to get in touch with all of that stuff and then be able to make a choice. And the choosing is what hopefully gets you to a place where you are able to be kind with each other, be gentle with each other, create understanding for each other and even create a shared meaning or a shared understanding around why you are going your separate ways. And it's complicated and challenging to do, especially in an environment where you don't probably see eye to eye about certain things. And that's probably why you're headed in your own direction. So all of this comes with the caveat that it's not easy necessarily. There's going to be some challenge involved. So now what I want to talk about is 
let's say that you're getting to this place. What do you do with all of that pain? Because the original question was, is it possible to break up without becoming uh, hateful towards your partner, without um, having all the, the pain and anguish, without making each other miserable? Is it possible to break up without all of that? Does it just have to be messy? Um, so what I want to do is get into the nitty gritty of what I think is the thing that's going to give you the best chance of achieving that. Um, but first let's have a quick word about this week's sponsors. Our one and only sponsor for today has a special offer for you to help you get exactly the kind of support that you need. As you're creating a web of support for whatever it is that you're going through, especially if it's some kind of breakup. One way that allows you to connect with a professional counselor in an online environment that's safe and private is today's sponsor, BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. Along with being able to schedule video or phone sessions, you can also chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp is affordable and financial aid is available for those who qualify. So whether it's anxiety, depression, relationship issues, stress, grief, or simply figuring out how to deal with a breakup in a healthy way, whatever it is, definitely consider BetterHelp as a way to help you transform the places where you are stuck or hurting. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option because as a Relationship Alive listener, you get 10% off your first month with the discount code ALIVE. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash alive. Simply fill out a questionnaire that helps them assess your needs and gets you matched with a counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash alive. And thank you so much, BetterHelp, for your ongoing sponsorship of the Relationship Alive podcast. So helpful. And now let's get back to the conversation at hand. Now, the more that I think about this whole topic, the, the more I realize that there's a lot here. I mean, Catherine Woodward Thomas wrote an entire book detailing the five steps of conscious uncoupling. So... Let's just say that if we're going to talk about how to be in a relationship and transition to being out of a relationship, that's that's probably book-worthy too. You heard it here first. So before uh, we... So let's just, let's just enter into this conversation with the understanding that we're not going to be able to cover it all in this moment. I, I've said that a lot on the show, right? Because we're talking about meaty matters here. Um, or for the vegetarians in the audience, well, it can still be um, really like a super good vegetarian dish like uh, seitan, no, not seitan, tempeh, kung pao, stir-fry worthy matters, something like that. But let's go to the heart of it. The heart of it is you're breaking up, you have all this pain. It could be because you're partner has done something that you consider to be horrible. It could be that there's just something about the way they interact with you that is irreconcilable. It could be that there's something about what you're missing that 
you could easily get really resentful about. So what do you do with all of that in a way that helps you stay positive over the course of transitioning out of relationship? So there are two contrasting things that I think you're going to need to hold here. The first is to recognize that when you are breaking up from someone, this is inherently a process that's about you. It's not about the other person. So the more that you make it about the other person as a way to excuse the, the challenges of breaking up, to, to justify it, especially if there are other things going on, kids involved, etc., your community, the more that you are pointing the finger at the other person and how they've done you wrong and how they're fucking you over now, whatever it is, then the more you are setting yourself up to be at the effect of whatever it is. And, you know, another word for that is basically to be a victim. The more you are setting yourself up to be victimized, to be controlled by whatever their choices are. So let's not do that if we can avoid it. Recognize that the impulse to blame, to uh, get really uh, angry and turn that anger into vitriol and spite against your partner, the anger is healthy, right? Anger is a healthy response to being hurt and wanting to change something about it. But you can channel that anger into respectful ways to change. You don't have to channel it into being uh, abusive to, to your partner. Even if you consider whatever it is that they've done to be abusive to you. So you're walking this fine line between recognizing the things that are wrong, recognizing the ways that you're hurt, that you're sad, that you're angry, that you're dissatisfied, all the things that are leading to you breaking up, and at the same time recognizing your fear and all the ways that having these challenging feelings make you want to lash out and instead harnessing that energy for your own growth, for your own insight about yourself. And that's what the uh, conscious uncoupling process is so valuable for. It's all about how you take the, the hurt that, and pain that you're experiencing in a really tender moment and transform that into your own growth and understanding. And actually learning through that process how to be generous with your partner, how to be compassionate with your partner, how to be understanding, how to bring understanding to a situation. Because as you've heard me say on this show countless times, our relationship is, is a dance between two people. So there is probably almost never, I'm not going to say never, but let's say rarely, is do you reach a moment where breaking up is required where you didn't have some part in it? I'm not saying that you're responsible for shitty choices that your partner may have made. You are responsible for the shitty choices that you made, but it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It is worth looking clearly at what happened and making sense of it in a way that empowers you and delivers you from feeling victimized by yourself or victimized by your partner. That's what the conscious uncoupling process is all about. And it's, 
it's really beautiful if and if both you and your partner can engage in that for yourselves then it can actually lead you to a place where you really do see the value both in what your relationship was all about so despite the things the hardships that are leading you to separate you might still come away feeling like wow that was really valuable i learned a lot and then there's the additional learning that you get from all of the pain because the pain that you're experiencing goes right to the heart of probably some of the earliest wounds that you experienced in your life that a lot of that pain is not about your partner you got to trust me on that one it's not about your partner it's about what has happened to you along the way and the more that you can tease that apart and discern what is about the present moment and what is about the past and the more that you can glean learning from that the better off you'll be and the more you'll be able to look at the situation that you're going through with compassion for yourself and compassion for your partner and be able to stay in this place of you know what i love you i care about you i want the best for you and that is not with us being together and that brings with it a lot of pain but in the middle of that pain i am going to act as as best as i can with respect for you i'm going to find ways to honor you in your process i'm going to find ways to not make you a bad person but to try to understand you this is hard work. This is hard work in a relationship and it's hard work as you leave a relationship. So, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. And there will probably be bumps in the road. There will probably be times when you feel so super triggered by whatever it is that's going on that you want to lash out or maybe you do lash out, right? So there may be even in the midst of this damage that gets done that you need to apologize for or make amends for, or where you say, yeah, that was, that was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. Or I didn't mean to do that. And I'm sorry. Right? So can you create a context that is loving and compassionate, even when you're going your separate ways? It's part of it is embracing the idea that you even can do that. And then as you act, asking yourself is, are these things supporting that? Now it gets a little dicey as you, after you've gone your separate ways, as you think about the impact of your actions on your partner and the impact of their actions on you. Because again, it can be uh, really easy to vilify the other person. For instance, here's a common example. Let's say that your partner was having an affair and then after you break up, they even though they swore up and down that they weren't interested in that person and that they had left that person behind, but whatever you decided, we can't get past this, we're breaking up. And then the next thing they do is go and, and enter into a relationship with that person. I got to tell you, that happens a lot. How do you avoid making the other person a villain for doing that or saying they were lying to me all that time or again, making it about them? The more you make it about them, the more you're giving them control over your experience. And it's as hard as it's going to be, it is going to be way easier for you to try and see what is it like? Why would they 
do this? What would be helpful for them about this? Are there aspects of this for them that I can actually support, that I can get behind? You know, you may look at something like that and be like, you know, you're going to have to dig really deep. So in terms of an affair, if your relationship ends because of an affair, there's going to be a lot of work for you to go in and be like, all right, what happened? How did I contribute to this situation? Not that it's my fault that my partner had an affair, but where am I, where was I responsible for creating a relationship that uh, allowed that to happen? You know, my partner still made a shitty choice, but that doesn't mean that I'm not on the hook, at least on some level, for maybe it's creating an, an atmosphere where we couldn't be open about how we were really feeling. Or maybe it was we weren't having a very fulfilling sex life and it was something that I didn't want to talk about. Or maybe it was, um, you know, we, I knew my partner was unhappy and really low and I didn't, I was feeling so low myself that I didn't take the initiative to reach out and try to help them. Right? It could be as, it's not like it's, that makes it your fault that they decided to have an affair. But the, the dynamic that's being created between the two of you is, is always co-created. And from that, we each make decisions and those decisions have consequences, right? Now, I chose something that was really extreme, but it doesn't have to be something extreme. It, it could be that, um, your, you really want to live in the country and your partner really wants to live in the city. And when it comes right down to it, you know, the kids are grown and gone and there's just like, there's no reconciling it anymore. And you both have these really strong desires and you want to live the life that you wanted to live. And the suburbs no longer works as a compromise. One of you wants to be in the heart of the city. The other of you wants to be, you know, in the mountains somewhere. This may be a moment where you decide, you know what? It's okay for us to change course, to do things differently, and to arrive at that choice from a place of loving kindness. Now, if you're the city dweller and your partner moves out to the country and you, you could go on Facebook and see pictures of them enjoying life in the mountains and riding horses and doing whatever it is they're doing, you could see those pictures and get really uh, resentful. You know, maybe you'll see them and you'll feel a little bit of hurt or bittersweetness, like, wow, they're having such a good time without me, especially if it involves another person. Maybe they connect with a new partner who's all about that country mountains experience, right? So it's easy to, to see all that and then to start projecting like, ah, oh, they suck. Like, that's, that's horrible. Or I'm, I'm really hurting. It's way, once you know that you're hurting, Rather than going to the anger or the place of judging, how about going to the place of recognizing your hurt and saying, wow, it's really hard. Like that was the life that I wanted to share with them. I just wanted it in the city, <laughs> right? Or it's really, it really hurts because I wish that we could have found a way to compromise and spend half our life in the country and half our life in the city, right? There are any number of options here. But regardless of what it is, just recognizing, oh, I hurt and I want to do something to take care of myself from that hurting place so that then I can step forward with compassion where I can understand, oh, my partner really had a deep longing 
to be in the mountains. It's, it was part of their being. I want to give them that. I want to give them that experience. Or in the case of an affair, wow, there must have been something about that person that brought out something in my partner that they really needed to experience. And I hope that that works for them. I hope they learn whatever it is that they need to learn. I give them my blessing. In the end, the hardest thing with going your separate ways is learning to truly set each other free. And that's hard. It's not easy because when you're in relationship, more often than not, your lives become intertwined in ways where you're impacting each other without even knowing. And then, of course, you make choices that that impact each other. So as you come apart, there's something to navigate there around how you let go, around how you define the boundaries of what you do uh, out of kindness. Like it may be, for instance, that that um, partner who moved to the mountains might say, hey, like, Maybe for a little while we should just not be Facebook friends so that you're not seeing pictures of me having a good time in the mountains. And, um, you know, maybe we just like take a respectful distance from each other so that we can each be free to live our own lives and heal and do whatever it is we have to do with an implicit blessing from each other and when we arrive at that moment where we can actually talk about how life has unfolded, is unfolding, and do that from a place of remembering that deep down we love each other, we care about each other, even though we chose these separate paths, when you find yourself able to do that, then that's when you try to be in each other's lives again. That might be when you try to have the really difficult conversations because the difficult conversations are going to be really hard to have when everything is raw, especially if you're not supported. If you're being supported, if you have a third party there who can really help hold the container and hold you each accountable to a commitment to be respectful, to be compassionate, to be understanding, then maybe it's possible to have those difficult conversations earlier on. But you need to be really accountable to yourself and what's possible for you. And hopefully in the middle of all that, you then are able to do the things that are right for you, that are right for your own healing and growth, and to not be acting in response to the other person, to not be actively trying to hurt the other person. Um, that wouldn't be loving or respectful. Now, you may do things that actually do hurt the other person, just like that hypothetical partner in the mountains was riding a horse and that was that hurt the other person to see that picture. Wow, it, they didn't waste any time at all like moving to the mountains and they look so happy. Like how how could they be so happy when our relationship is over? You know, there's misery to be had. Um odds are you're not getting the whole picture. Odds are that that partner is happy on horseback and also dealing with their hurt, with their pain, with their confusion about how things have shifted. And that's where compassion and understanding and giving someone the benefit of the doubt comes in. And if your partner isn't willing to do things to heal and grow and really reflect on what happened, then that's also their choice, right? 
In fact, that might be the kind of thing where if you truly see that happening, you might say, well, I guess that's a sign for why I couldn't be that with that person because they're not reflecting the way I would want to, the way I am. Um, but I, I do encourage you before you project your story onto your partner about what's going on with them and realizing that when you're living a separate life, you probably have no idea what's happening with them. It's way easier to create a story and then that story can take on a life of its own. So if you see yourself doing that, that's a sign to hold yourself in check and to ask yourself, what feelings am I having that I'm preventing myself or that I'm avoiding having by creating this story? How is this story helping me avoid these feelings? And that's a pathway back into your own growth. And then if you're able to get curious, you might, you know, call up your partner on horseback and say, hey, I'm really curious, like, are you, are, is everything all, you know, bells and whistles and, you know, saddles and countryside for you? Or is, is there a part of you that's still hurting? And how are you dealing with that part of you? What are you learning about yourself in our separateness? What are you learning about what we shared together? What are you grateful for? What feels bittersweet? Hopefully those kinds of conversations are possible for you and your partner, especially if you have shared something deeply meaningful with each other. Because honestly, no matter what happens, those deeply meaningful things, the things that helped you grow, that helped you know yourself better, that helped you know them better, those things don't have to be invalidated. They can be there just as valid, even though what you thought was going to happen with your partner didn't come to pass. It's a tough path. It's challenging. It brings with it a lot of emotion, a lot of self-awareness, and the willingness to go through the hurt and to hold fast to an ideal of being compassionate to learn how to make boundaries that are loving and not hateful and to respect boundaries that are made for you. There's more to be said on this topic, but I hope that this has been helpful for you. And my goal in all of this is to help elevate this conversation as well, because we can talk about how to do relationship well. We can talk about how to heal our own hearts and heal our traumas and be as actualized as we can be. But let's also talk about this very important question of what it means to look at the ending of a relationship as something that is actually valuable and can be positive for both people. And is there a way that we can navigate the challenges of that without it being destructive in the process? Can it be constructive, even if it's painful? I will be so curious to hear from you if this has struck a chord. Feel free to reach out. My email is neilius, N-E-I-L-I-U-S, at neilsatin.com. If you email me, um, I won't promise to get back to you. I get a lot of email, but I will read your email, and it may inform a future episode. 
and uh, you can always record yourself asking a question um, and send your recording to questions at relationshipalive.com and uh, your question might get played on the air and answered on the air. So I'm sending you all kinds of love. This has been a challenging uh, topic to take on and I'm, I'm appreciating your being here with me for it. And uh, I'll be with you again soon. Take care.